Welcome to your shelf. Or mine. Or mine. Or mine. I'm Becky Standel, Youth Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library. I'm Angela Stevenson. I am the Library Technician at the Library. I'm Calvin Fowler here representing the Longview 23 Club. I am Abe Ott. I'm also representing the 23 Club. Thank you for coming on our podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're really excited. You're our first guests for the series of special episodes we'll be doing for the City's Centennial. So we'll just get started and ask, um, what can you guys tell us about what the 23 Club is? Well, the Longview 23 Club is a historic group that was started in 1933. In 1933, the Chamber of Commerce approached a group of people in Longview. And uh, most of these people, I will tell you, were professional people that came to Longview in 23 or before. And uh, they approached them to help in the celebration, the 10-year celebration of Longview. And the first president was uh, Dr. Norris, and there were a variety, there were quite a few doctors on this list and or professionals. And their first uh, line of duty was to um, make bylaws and get committees together. And from that point, they started organizing to help in the 10-year celebration of, of Longview. One of the neat things to me when I was doing a little feeling about it, I learned a couple pieces of history. And one was that R.A. Long himself was uh, wrote a letter to the group that was being organized then, which they named themselves Longview 23 Club, and told of his appreciation for them doing this work. And of course, he got a letter and an invitation to come to the celebration, the 10-year celebration. The Longview 23 Club, they set dues at that point in time at 50 cents, but if you came in 1923 or earlier, they were free. And the 50 cents was the family rate. So it was a relatively cheap organization to be part of, but very historic, and has become very historic. When you think uh, 23, and our group was organized in 33, Longview will be 100 years old. We are currently going 90 years old. In that first meeting, after organization, bylaws, committee assignments, and so on and so forth, because you had to be here in 23 or earlier to be part of this club, it was fairly selective. Mm -hmm. And immediately after the meeting, they were given a list of 200, and then I read somewhere of 400 people during that period of time because they came in 23 or earlier, they qualified to be in the club. So it was kind of a selective group at that period of time. That changed. As the club moved forward, that primarily changed. They offered some honorary memberships. Well, there were very few because it was fairly selective. I saw one membership card. You had to tell where you lived. You had to tell what relative or your spouse's relative, what year did they come in Longview. And of course, as years have gone by, it's not spouse, it's not parents, it's not grandparents. And now we're getting to the point where it's great-great-grandparents or great-grandparents, to say the least. And so it's a very selective group. So they tried honorary system for membership. And after uh, a few years, they had a few that were qualified under the honorary system. And in the late 1980s, 
Don Packard, I believe, was president of Longview 23 Club, and at that point in time, he started suggesting that we open it up, and I believe it was a group with Ruby West, Reed Hadley, John McClellan, one of them, the second, and a, a few others that were on the current board at that time, they decided to open it up to anybody that loved our community, they loved the economic part, they loved the uh, social part, they loved uh, financial, they loved uh, their families living here. Essentially the dream that Ari Long wanted for Longview. And that has worked out very well because over the years we've had highs and lows and peaks of people. We'd get uh, quite an attendance of people. And then after a few years, it would start to drop off, not because people weren't interested in the organization, because it was because of age. As people got older, they died. I read in one article that uh, Viola Bailey was 107 years old when she passed away. And not too long ago, a few years ago, when I was current president of the Longview 23 Club, I would have people stand, who's the oldest, and mm -hmm. work their way down. Well... Bless this lady's heart. If I'd have known she'd have been there, she'd have been the hit of my presentation. She was 101 wow. and her son brought her. And she was, she looked like she was 51. And I was really amazed at that. And But I did not know she was out there. Our group, uh, the Longview 23 Club, we are not a group that's out uh, raising money to do different things. Mm -hmm. Though over the years, we have been um, very, well, we've contributed a lot to the community. We're currently sitting here in the Longview room of the library, and what a neat place it is. And you start looking around, there's a little of this and a little of that, and it's just fun to kind of peek mm -hmm. around here. I know my family came in 1850 as settlers and settled the slough. It's now called Lake Sacagawea, but it's called Fowler Slough in 1850. And uh, I fa actually found a, an article in here from in the Longbill uh, archives, I believe it was Longbill archives, and it talked about uh, when they came and they started buying the land and so on and so forth in this community to build the planned city. And of course they needed the lake and there were still some fowlers that lived around that lake. But everything worked out fine. This family sold the land to the... Well, over the years, and, and that's a great question there, over the years in 1850 and so on and so forth, people that came that early, then they'd sell a piece of land or they'd trade a piece of land to make theirs look better. And a lot of times it was done with a handshake, 10 feet from the rock and 15 from the stump and so on and so forth. So it was very hard for the Fowlers at that time, that those that were still there, to prove ownership. And uh, I believe there was a court battle over it. And of course, if you can't prove your okay. land, you lose out. Yeah, you don't get to keep it. But anyway, the Longview 23 Club, we've done a variety of things. And I'm thinking of one, I was parked in front of the library and I looked up and there's a statue of Ari Long that was in the Longview Park across the street there. And in 1946, the Longview 23 Club was instrumental in the unveiling of that statue. We had two or three people that were on the committee to do that. The celebration of 1933, when that celebration was over and in January, there was a new slate of officers. Now getting back to things that we've done in the community quietly, a lot of people don't know about, right here at the library, uh, we donated flowers for the Rose Garden, roses for the Rose Garden, that's another thing. In 1972 was the arches at Lake Sacagawea. And this year, our, our president, Abe Ott, his presentation at the, our Longview annual dinner meeting was on the arches. Uh, we uh, replaced those arches, and they will be there forever, I think. Is that correct, Abe? Well, 
I don't know about forever. But they are there. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. Uh, the last arches, they lasted a long time. And I saw an article where they were hoping they'd last maybe a little longer, but they did last as long as they were predicted to. They were just holes in the ground with logs put in. And mm -hmm. of course, wet ground and logs just oh, doesn't yeah. work out. And they were pretty rotten. I think if somebody leaned against them really hard, they might have gone over. They were that bad. But that is not going to happen happen with our current arches. In the past, there's been parades and such in Longview. And the Longview 23 Club, I, I read way back where uh, they received an award for a parade entry. And um, a few years ago, we, as a group, we decided, why don't we have another parade entry? And it went really well. It's become a regular thing now for our people that are in our club. They can come down. Uh, if you ride a bike, if you can walk and toss candy, we can use you. I'm trying to think. There was another uh, item. Uh, the Centennial is coming around, and we currently have multiple people on the Centennial mm -hmm. uh, Committee. As I said, Longview will be 100 years old and is right now, but our club is 90 years old. I will. Uh, we have quite a few members, uh, actually. There was a period of time that our annual dinner meeting, meeting and there was a, also a period of time when it was held at different times of the year in different places. And eventually, it kind of came to nest at the uh, Longview Community Church for quite a few years, and I believe it started in 1970. Even after that, when Amos Peters became president, he was a member of the um, North Lake Baptist Church, and it was held there. So it has gone different places, but mostly it's at, held at the Longview Community Church during that period of time, but we suddenly grew. We went from about 100 people showing up for our annual dinner meeting to 225 and the doors got shut, no one else could get in. <laughs> so obviously we were on a growth pattern and we've currently changed and our meetings are now held at uh, St. Rose Church in their uh, fellowship hall. And the Knights of Columbus do the dinner for us and it's uh, the kids uh, of the school there are the servers and we collect no money from that. Any profit really goes to the kids that do the work for their activities at school. Babe? I think you covered well, it pretty well. Well, I got a couple more things to say. Is that okay? Go. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. I, had, I have here a copy, and I was really surprised to, to get this, and thank you for helping me, Angela, oh, yeah. uh, of one of our early programs that we advertise and put in the paper of when our annual dinner meeting is. Again, I kind of skipped that part. Our annual dinner meeting is the first of every October, uh, the first Monday of every October. And... Um, it's become that, and it's become kind of religiously that day for some reason, and which is good. Uh, it's easy to plan and plan ahead for. Uh, this year, since uh, it's uh, our 90 year, we're, our annual dinner meeting is going to be hopefully at the prestigious Monticello Hotel. Now, here's a copy of this, and you can see you had to identify the street where you lived, your spouse their relatives, their relatives, and actually be able to trace yourself back to 1923 or earlier. In, in this case, the standard dairy, which used to be on Ocean Beach Highway, about the 700 block, they were the people who volunteered to help pay for this ad. And we usually have to get about three or four people, and we have no problem in doing that. What year is this paper from? I believe that's 1971. 71. I have a more current one here. And it's, you know, we get better and better at it every year. Uh, we have, uh, as I said, uh, a big host of people. Wow. And I'm not sure what our mailing is, 400? 
Abe, is it 400 people? Yeah, I think I think it was just over 400 this last year. And 200, 180 showed up, and we were really happy with that, considering because of age, we had lost uh, quite a mm -hmm. few of our members, as well as the pandemic. And so it was our first showing coming back from the pandemic. Yeah, we had to uh, take two years off. Yeah, two years. And so we were very happy with 180 people. And uh, they were all happy to be there. For the most part, it was like some sort of high school reunion. The older yeah, people, people, and when somebody passes on, we're able to replace with younger people, and it has really helped. Yeah, a lot of people, and of course, the layout is very well, but we've gotten away from the uh, where do you live and mm -hmm. uh, and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we keep a record here also of past presidents and distinguished service award winners in our community. We have a plaque here of your president, Emil Yes. Have you seen that, Abe? Is it a plaque or is it a picture? Yeah. It's a plaque. Oh, okay. Uh, we've, we've seen the pictures. Uh, Don Whittle, our historian, has those. I misspoke. It's the service award winners. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, we need to update this. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, because we had uh, three distinguished service award winners this last year. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We... Yeah, yeah. So. Can you name them? I can't. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I gave one to, to Tweedy, Jim Tweedy. Right. Yeah, that was that was the, the one that I was that I handed out. And then our president that directly preceded me, Helene Watson, she handed two out. I think one was to Arlene, if I'm not mistaken. And the other was to Hayden Evans, who comes from Bend every year to uh, prepare our hors d'oeuvres for our, our meal. So you guys, do you meet other times of the year or just the one annual meeting? So the board meets. Mm -hmm. The board meets on roughly a monthly basis. It's a social club, so we're a little fast and loose in terms of our meeting cadence. So we kind of have two things that we do mm -hmm. as a group, and that's the annual meeting, which is what Cal was talking about, first Monday of every October. Um, and then the other thing is Cal puts together a pretty sweet 4th of July parade entry. Mm -hmm. And so we all tend to kind of get together for that and walk along and what Cal didn't mention is that we've won the grand prize for the parade, what, three years? Well, it wasn't quite three years, but we did win awards. Our first year, we did not win an award, but we're not trying to win awards. We just want publicity for our, and our club and have a lot of fun, mm -hmm. and we do. But the second year, we won the uh, award for our category, the motorized category. And then the next two years, we won the grand award. So we're pretty happy about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you and guys have a big plan for this year's float? Uh, we don't do floats. Or so we do entry? classic cars, okay. and then we all wear the same T-shirt, and we hand out candy, which seems to be popular <laughs> along, the, along the parade route. Lots of candy to the point where when somebody says they're coming, I say, bring a bag of candy. Because <laughs> otherwise it falls on somebody else. And you'd be surprised with all the kids in that parade route how much candy they do get. We I did know the Christmas parade once. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and the, the other thing is, is you have to be very careful and you have to brief all of your parade attendees that they should not be too liberal at the beginning of the parade. Mm -hmm. So they'll run out. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. those poor kids at the at the end there, they tend to they tend to get the short shrift. Being in the parade is really different than watching a parade. Uh, when you watch a parade, you're waiting for it to come to you. When you're in the parade, you're going by watching all the people watch you, and it's pretty exciting. It is. It is. It goes and by really fast, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends where you're at, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it goes by faster if you're in the parade than if you're watching. watching. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's always a surprise by the time you get to the end. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, we're done already. Okay. <laughs> but of course, there's the waiting to get started. That's, yeah, that yeah. takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I have here a copy of our a program from uh, last year or the last program we had. And um, I'll just let you peruse it if you'd like. Sure. Uh, Abe's uh, presentation was on the arches, and he was kind of the, um, the captain of that project. And if we didn't have Abe, Abe we'd probably still be trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. It was just good timing. Good timing, yes. Yeah, yeah Abe, um, can you talk a little bit about the arches? Yeah, so I don't know if you know the backstory. The arches were originally put in that location by the Longview 23 Club, and they were erected in 1973, and then they were dedicated for some reason in 1976. I think it was a national centennial thing. So they were put up, and the intent was to emulate log arches that were put up in 1924 for the Pageant of Progress, which was the one-year celebration of Longview's founding. And in that celebration in 1924, Long Bell erected similar log arches at the entrances to the town. In preparation for the 73 events, uh, which was the 50-year celebration of Longview, there was a placemat. This is the this is the anecdotal story. I haven't been able to substantiate it, but there was a placemat that was being handed out to local restaurants, and it had a picture of those log arches, and the Longview 23 Club was inspired by that to get together a group of donors, local businesses, etc., and erect log arches at the lake. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar where it is. It's right at the end of the promenade that leads to the footbridge, kind of right there off Kessler. Those in 2019, I believe it was, were deemed by the Parks Department to be basically rotted to the point that they were a public safety hazard. Um, And so they knocked them down. And at that point, Jeff Wilson was the current president of the 23 Club at that time. And he started an effort to get together some donors and put a new log arch up. And initially the thought was, oh, well, we'll just go ahead and auger some new holes and throw some logs in it and it'll be something that we can do with 23 club members and it'll be easy peasy ended up being probably an 80 to 100 thousand dollar project jh kelly took a huge lead in that Uh, we had mountain log homes out of kalama kind of got all the logs prepped for it it was a big deal and now they are on concrete foundations which is pretty cool so they're not they're not soaking up groundwater and they have a fancy coating that Mountain Log Homes recommended that theoretically will keep those logs in place for at least the 49 years that the first set of logs were up. And is it not true, though, that if something did happen, it's like Lincoln Logs, we could replace that and and put it back together a lot easier than... You'd like to think so. Okay. Yeah, you'd like to think so. I think the concrete and then there's there's galvanized Mm -hmm. steel embeds that poke up out of the ground. So those, if there is a need to replace logs, will probably stay there. So it'll make the, the next replacement effort a little yeah. bit easier. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at the program, there was dual presentations. And yeah. uh, Helene Watson, she presented, and maybe you don't know this, but at R.A. Long, they have a history room of their people donating things to that room, kind of like the 23 room here, only it's graduates of R.A. Long. So as people pass on and relatives go into the, grandma and grandpa's closet and they find their yearbooks they find all kinds of things uh programs for basketball or football or pictures or maybe even a scrapbook from when they were in they've donated that to the r.a long historic room and it's really neat to go up in there you find some old letterman sweaters that are about this tall Mm -hmm. you know that like sizes and you wonder who were they (laughs) who were these people they had a charity uniform too oh yeah they've got a lot of wonderful stuff there it's really 
interesting to be there and you kind of feel it when you step in it kind of like when you step into this room here you feel the history there but it was a wonderful presentation you know and i'm going to put in a plug for my presentation when i was president i was going to do it on lake sacagawea or fowler's slough because that's where my roots are and then i got to thinking you know i spent 35 years as a teacher and a coach and i still coach girls basketball i'm going to do it on the schools what do you do you know and going back a long ways, about 1942, at one of the 23 Club dinner meetings, it was actually on the radio. Can you believe that? Not TV, but the radio. That was really <laughs> something. Well, I went to the schools and asked uh, the interim superintendent at that time. He didn't even bother to take a breath of air. Sure will. We'll help you. And uh, they bought a special camera. And my thing was I wanted to bring in seniors uh, that mm -hmm. lived during different periods of time and talk with them about, uh, well, get them to express themselves. What was it like during that period of time going to schools? We had some very interesting things. As I said, if I had known the 101-year-old lady was in the crowd, she would have been the star yeah. of the program. Dorothy Geevers Wotowitz, her family's been here forever, it seems like. She came for her interview, and she was wearing her Letterman sweater. Now, I'm sitting back thinking, it's, how did she get this? There were no girl sports. A girl could get her Letterman sweater if she came to every intramural for three years, after school intramurals, and she did. And she was so proud of that. She was cute as a Bugs Bunny right there. And Ruby West came. What was it like being black? She told a story about what was it like being black growing up in Longview and going to the schools. Very interesting story. And others. Uh, Jackie Kelly Evans came, and she was one of the first at the new school that had been built. That was Mark Morris High School. Mm -hmm. And she was the class historian, except they had no history. They just opened. There was no history. <laughs> you know. And it was all on video, and it was really interesting to sit back and listen yeah. to these people talk. Bill Notaboom, he was a uh, probably the only person I know that was a teacher at Kessler, Monticello, Mark Morris, and Cascade. And he oh, opened wow. three of those schools were brand new. He opened wow. three schools. So... That was really quite a quite an honor for him to be able to do that. But we have a lot of other interesting presentations every year, and I'm certainly looking forward to this year's. Do you keep those presentations in a book form, or are they available? <laughs> well, that's interesting. Uh, one of the things when I became president, I figured we, I don't know how to use a computer very well, but I know it's important right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got uh, uh, Don Wittelow to become our historian, and he's elected every year. And he now is working on a website. It's uh, longview23club.org, and you can go on there. I think we lost a lot of things in a change that he made, and I can't explain that to you. But we're keeping track of programs at, at the very least. Are they now, video my, or audio? Mine was on video. video. Yeah. So uh, Don does take photographs and some video at our events, and you can see some of that stuff on our Facebook or on our, on our website. I think that yours may be the only videotaped program, though, so you kind of have to be there, yeah, <laughs> and, and everyone is welcome, too, so definitely reach out to us, and you can access all that stuff on either our Facebook or our, or our website. I think the, the big takeaway from uh, it used to be the kind of Longview Pioneers, and now it's open to anyone. My folks came here in 1979, 
So I am certainly not a pioneer by any stretch, but it's open to anyone and, and everyone is welcome. So that's how you get the full information. And we've had some good programs too. Excellent. Yeah. We, Wonderful Cal's, Cal's was great. We had Arlene did a great retrospective on the Daily News. Arlene Hubble. Um, yeah. And she brought in, Bob Gaston was there for that and John McClellan third mm-hmm. was there as well. And it was really great. And I enjoyed it. She had a great PowerPoint that was that went along with the program. Just really interesting headlines, you know, the historic jet crash that, that impacted, what, almost every major family mm-hmm. in, in Long Beach. They were all yes. going to vacation, and, and they, the jet that they were on crashed. It was a big deal, and, you know, I don't know, just little stuff when like that, that? You, don't, you don't even think about. It was, what, the early 80s? It was, yeah. yeah. It was a headline that was up for about 30 seconds, but let me just say, I was interested. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's kind of our shtick, I think, is the the one meeting, the parade. Mm-hmm. We do a great program. And I think much like this 71 ad says, come see your old friends and make some new ones. And I think that, you know, at, at our very core, we're a social club. So mm-hmm. a significant portion of the meeting is devoted to just mingling and chatting with folks because a lot of these people don't really get to see each other except for that time every year. And, you know, Dorothy Gievers Witowicz was, what, 96 at this yeah. last meeting? Yes. So it's a big deal for a lot of a lot of folks that don't get to go out and socialize very often. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting programs, another one, and I can go back a ways if I can remember them, was uh, Senator Wilson's program on the port. He's also a port commissioner. And he talked about the history of the port and how it came from Kelso and came to be in Longview. And there was actually a killing over it. Yeah, some salacious details. Yes. Yeah. And it was very interesting. I mean, you wouldn't think somebody would die over that, but yeah. people were pretty strong, determined about where the port should be. And I think it turned out to be the best to come to Longview. Well, we certainly think that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're giving me more ideas of like people to talk to and topics we could talk on on the podcast this year. Certainly, we could reach out to Jeff and see if we'd be willing to talk about port history. Be, be a good one. They yeah, have be a, a good lot one. Of history there. I mean, like a room full mm-hmm. of. They probably do. also love to talk about the Shea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a great project. Speaking of projects, there are. Um, he has uh, Yes, he does have that. <laughs> uh, there are people in the Twenty Three Club working with the celebration of our hundred year celebration, the Centennial Committee that have projects, but nobody know that they're out there mm-hmm. right now. And But you will, if everything works out right. Do you have something, a centennial thing that you're most excited about that's going to happen this year? Is it a surprise? That I'm most excited <laughs> yeah. about? I think in the planning of it, I think everything is going to come together well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's on the 19th of this month. 20th. 20th. 20th of this month, we're going to have a, the opening at the Merck downtown. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think some of the planning is starting to come together. Yeah, it'll be at 6 o'clock. That's right. Yeah. Is that ticketed or is it open? It's open to the public and you can just come. There will mm-hmm. be a little refreshments. Um, mm-hmm. The mayor will be there. That's right. Like just a little bit. Um, and we'll open time capsule. Yeah. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. When is that time capsule from? Mm. It was from the 75th anniversary, I think. Yeah, so it would have been so like 25 years ago. 98, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Where has it been? City Hall, oh, on the floor in City Hall. Well, and we're going to do a new time cap. I don't know times. what's going in there yet, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. 
I work at J.H. Kelly, and so we are also turning 100 this year. And so I think a lot of my excitement is associated with some of those events. We're going to have a, a few employee events and a few other things, and we're also participating with the 100-year program in a, in a variety of different ways. So big time. Who knew? 2023, huh? <laughs> How long have you guys been involved in the club? I came to town in 1972. My Fowler, Fowler group moved away in the early 20s. And back in the days when you could still just pack up, get in the car, and go to another community and start over. Mm -hmm. And more difficult nowadays. And so my great-grandfather lived in Donald, Oregon. He lived in Astoria and different places. And so I ended up in growing up in Portland. But just out of nowhere, in teaching 1972, I was hired to teach school here. And uh, here I was. And then I found out I was related to the Fowlers. <laughs> And I was a shoe-in for the 23 Club. Uh -huh. And so I've been involved since 1972. I had attended a bunch of 23 Club meetings uh, leading up to it. And then Jeff Wilson suckered me into doing the flag salute, which is don't ever, don't <laughs> ever gateway. agree to that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, I got involved with the, with the board. I guess that was, what, five years ago now? Yeah. At least, yeah, yeah. five years ago. Yeah. And now you're president. Uh, I am not president, so okay. I relinquished command last October after our annual meeting. And so the current president is Bob Gaston. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then Rich Kirkpatrick is Dr. Rich Kirkpatrick is next in line. And then Mary Beth Cranston is Mary Beth the Cranston. is the second vice president. So we like to we like to keep a nice pipeline. Mm -hmm. So Bob will be running our annual meeting this year, which as Cal mentioned, will be at the Monticello, so we're pretty excited about it. That's a little bit out of the ordinary. We're going to gussy it up a little bit for the 100 year. Yeah. So you said if people are interested in joining to just check out your Facebook or website? Yep, absolutely. All right. Yeah. And look for the annual ad and it comes out at the end the, of September. Yep. In the paper. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. It's pretty easy. And we don't like to tell everyone, but if you show up at the meeting, we'll take money at the door and you can come right on in. <laughs> <laughs> usually, usually our... Our dinner meetings are real moderately priced in around $16. And I'm certain, I'm sure that the one this year at the Monticello Hotel might be a little more than that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, dues are $6 for a single and $8 for a family. Let's let's roll with it. I think it's five yeah. and eight, but. Five <laughs> and eight. Yeah. <laughs> you just raised the dues. Yeah. This one said five. Yeah, I'm, pr I'm pretty yeah. sure it's five. Five and eight. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't break the bank, to be to be honest. So. 50 cents in 33. I don't think we're For that far family. off with inflation. <laughs> no, <laughs> whole family. Yeah. What else you got? Um, what else? Got anything else in that folder? Well, going back to 1948, we have a Bill Notaboom for years and years and years and years. His family are the people that provide the table decorations and beautiful beautiful dahlias, dinner plate dahlias, oh my word. And he's done that for years and years and years. But back in 1948, somebody mysteriously started bringing flowers. <laughs> and uh, apparently they did not know there was no cards or anything. They had no idea where the flowers came from. But Bill and his family have take, picked up that torch and they bring flowers and spend the time decorating the tables with them beautiful flowers. Yeah, it's a it's a modest event our annual meeting, but in uh, in reality it's it's pretty impressive because there's a lot of folks that that give pretty heavily to it. St. Rose is gracious enough to let us be there and then the students help us out. I think that's pretty great. All volunteers. Um, yeah, and and it's a great event. It tends to go relatively smoothly most <laughs> years. So 
we are certainly not professional event organizers, <laughs> so <laughs> we always have to give ourselves a good pat on the back afterwards if, if nothing burns down, I guess. Do you know if there are other clubs in town that are as old as 23 Club? Pioneer Lions has got to be pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've thought about that, and, and that would be the only one I could think of. And maybe the Rotary, oh. uh, Rotary or Optimist Clubs? I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't tell and answer that question. I'm sure some, some, some Masons probably. Mm. I'm sure there was a Masonic Club. Lob. A women's club. Yeah. The Century Club and Round Robin? Yeah. Was a women's club, and I can't remember when they started, but they've been around for a long time as well. It's interesting because the you know the history of the city, because it was founded the way that it was, it wasn't sort of a slow aggregation of people. Mm-hmm. It was kind of wholesale dropped here. Yeah. Um, so I think that you know there's a fair amount of social groups that moved to the city pretty early, just because of the, the nature of the city's mm-hmm. growth. I was really impressed when like a a club can last for that long. Because it's, I mean, I've been involved in things, and it can be really hard to find new members or people with the time to run the board. And yeah, I think it's quite accomplished. There's a lot of ebbs and flows in the in the history of the the 23 Club, which Cal kind of alluded to. Mm-hmm. But it's folks like Cal who, what he didn't mention, was our 150 percent growth that we experienced was really the result of Cal's boosterism because he was running around and recruiting folks and he got a lot of people to show up and that's why we're at St. Rose now instead of the Longview Community Church. I remember going to the last meeting that we had at the community church and there were folks sitting in the hallway outside the meeting room and at that point they told us that we needed to figure something (laughs) else out. Um, But that's that's a huge deal is finding the right people that are interested and and care enough to go out and kind of beat the drum. Mm -hmm. And it's tough because this is an interesting club in that it's interesting to sort of an older demographic a lot of times. Um, and so the other thing that Cal, Jackie, and a couple other folks have been pretty instrumental in doing is attracting some younger folks uh, that, that care about the community as well. So I think that's a big deal and it's a sort of a harbinger of some, hopefully, some, some longevity with the club as well. Do you expect with the centennial year that you'll have like a lot more interest in the meeting this year? I don't know. It's, we've debated that. We're not really sure what to expect. Um, you know, the centennial dinner is what, the week before? Isn't it the end of September? I don't know that date. Oh, okay. is it September the gala? Oh, okay. So it's, so it's a, it's a full month before. And yeah. uh, you would expect some folks would attend that, but you would think that there would be an increased interest in, in the 23 Club as well, especially, you know, having it at the Monticello. That's, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a pretty storied venue, so I think that'll be interesting, and I think it'll be a pretty fun for folks. I do predict that during that period of time that the Long Beach 23 Club, will there will be people come from out of town, a few, to see old friends mm-hmm. and help in the celebration. We're having, as I said, we're having our annual dinner meeting in the historic hotel. There will be a centennial gala at one point in time, uh, but I think there will be people from out of town there. And I know I've experienced a little bit of uptick in terms of people reaching out to me and asking about what we're doing this year mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, that's anecdotal. It's not, there's no, no empirical <laughs> data, but hopefully, hopefully, yeah, we get a little, we get a little bit bigger turnout, big year. So yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be good. Can we ask you guys some questions? Sure. So you mentioned this is the inaugural podcast for your 100-year celebration. Mm-hmm. So what other folks do you have? Are you having? Come on. We have um, Sue Piper. Okay. Yeah. Columbia River Reader. the, the yeah. Longview, their new book that's coming out. Cool. And a um, 23 Club member. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we were 
trying to get um, Cece. Cece oh, Raglan. the Victoria Freeman part. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah. Joe is, is trying to arrange a time for her because she, yeah. she's very, a very busy woman, it sounds like, but to her for to come and talk about Victoria Friedman. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're trying to do that. Yeah, we're going to talk to the guy from the museum. Oh, Joseph. Yeah. Joseph Govnik. Um, yeah, we have more of, we're still kind of like ideas of people to reach out to. Yes, that we um, actually reached out to. Yeah. You know, I will tell you, uh, <laughs> and maybe you might be able to use this in my program and the video, we had um, different people come in, seniors, and one was a student at Kessler when the war broke out. It was kind of a touching moment when she spoke about it, and they came to school, and all the Japanese children were gone. They've oh, been wow. taken and interned. Oh. Another fellow, Holly Bishop, and he had something to do with recording during World War II. He's now passed away. Uh, the surrender and on the ship, he was recording it for radio. And um, uh, he told, before he graduated and joined the service, that at R.A. Long, they actually had a gun club in the basement. Can mm -hmm. you imagine that nowadays? Yeah, there's a firing range down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that, and that letter still exists, I believe, in the historic R.A. Long room, that the War Department wrote him and said they kind of had to stop that. We needed all the shells for the war, you know. Mm -hmm. But they also had a plane over there where in the shops they took the motor apart, repaired it, put it back together, and that's what they practiced doing. And there was actually sand in the hallways in case there was a fire or something. They would shovel the sand out on the fire. So it's preparation for anything to happen on the West Coast. Hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Ruby West talked about, well, being black and growing up in Longview and the schools. And they, she told they walked to schools and different events and things that happened. Don Armstrong, I believe Don, he spoke about football and so on and so forth. And he was a big football star and captain of the University of Washington football team in 1959, mm -hmm. 58, 60, something in there. And, uh, of course, the great Turkey Day games and how everybody oh, yeah. showed up. The track would be Those just full of people. We had a lot of presentation, a lot of presentation. Great people. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Yes, thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. This is your shelf. Or mine. Or mine. Or mine. I'm Becky. And I'm Angela. I'm Cal. I'm Abe. Bye. 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 Support for Your Shelf or Mine comes from the friends of the Longview Public Library, the Longview Library Foundation, and listeners like you. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McKeldery from A Song for You. Find Megan online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldery. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldery.